Hopefully we can get a, one of those long shots to close this weekend, huh, Joey? Thanks again, folks, for tuning in to That's What G Said podcast, May the 1st, 2019. Recording this late night on Wednesday night. Just finished handicapping the Saturday races for the Kentucky Derby. So, whew, last two days. We uh, went through races 1 through 11 for the Oaks. If you didn't get a chance to catch that podcast, you can go find it uh, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, if you're on YouTube and you subscribe, uh, if you follow on any social medias, tune in. Um, basically anywhere you can get your podcast, we are up and running. So just type in that's what G said, subscribe, and always a big help for us if uh, if you can get over to iTunes and give us one of those little five-star ratings and reviews. It takes you about five seconds. You just click that five-star, give a little comment, um, and uh, really appreciate that big help for us. May the 1st, let's go through a little short, abbreviated, on this day, on this day segment. What happened on May the 1st? I go to onthisday.com and get uh, all the good stuff there. Just a couple things to mention. It was the first emigrant wagon train leaving Independence, Missouri for California. Cali. So coming out west about the Empire State Building opens in New York City, 1931. In 1939, Batman first appeared in Detective Comics number 27. Big fan of the Batman character, Batman superhero, like the recent ones with Christian Bale. Or, I mean, obviously, when you, it's always funny to ask someone, who is Batman to you, right? Because every generation has their different Batman. Um, but I, I, I'm a big fan of the Michael Keaton Batman. I think he was great. Big fan of the the Michael Keaton and, and the first couple Batmans, which kind of why I like the new Batmans too. They had a little bit more of like a darker feel to them, a little, little grungy. So Batman's first appearance in Detective Comics number 27 in 1939. 1941, a movie that is oftentimes talked about as one of the greatest movies of all time, Citizen Kane. Directed by Orson Welles, starring Orson Welles, premiered at the Palace Theater in New York City on this day, May the 1st. But honestly, most of you will probably be listening to this on May the 2nd or after. And most times we'll do a little longer on this day segment. But today will be largely Kentucky Derby. Before we get into the Derby, let's just do a quick check-in on the NBA as... uh, We saw Portland just earlier this evening tie the series up. They went on the road against Denver, against the Nuggets. They're tied 1-1. I still like Portland in that series. I think they're going to be Portland in six, I'd say. I'm just... I've never really been sold on Denver this season, on this particular group. Um, So we'll, we'll revisit that. Also, we saw Milwaukee... Bounce back in game two, and they beat up on Boston. And that should be a series, right? I picked Milwaukee in six. I think that's going to go six or seven. To me, that looks like a, a good series. And another fun series that's, uh, I think, going to be a long one and likely go deep too is the Philly Toronto series, where we've seen now Philly and Toronto tie things up. 1 uh, 1 there. And 
I'm predicting it. We're going to get a fight in in the Warriors in the Warriors Rocket series. You know it's coming. You know we're going to get that fight. It's going to be Draymond or Chris Paul. Somebody is getting into it. Durant is been is known to get a little chippy too. And I do not like Durant at all. Probably one of my least favorite athletes to root for and just I I just don't enjoy his overall personality, not not my type, but he has been incredible in this series. And really, since they lost the game to the, the Clippers when they were up by 31 and the Clippers came back, he has raised his game to another level. And I hate saying it, but he's been the best player in the playoffs so far right now. And he has been extremely, extremely impressive. So Thursday, we'll get Game 3, Raptors and the Sixers. That game... Um, that series will shift back to Philly. So Philly now has the advantage if they can uh, hold serve at home. They uh, they got to win the next two and try to go back to Toronto up three games to one. And then on Friday, we will get game three with the Bucks celtics That's game That is going back to Boston. And then we'll get game three between the Nuggets and the Blazers. That series will be going back to Portland. And then Saturday, that's the weird thing about... I wish they... We could go every other day, right? And then maybe get an extra day in on the travel days. But the NBA playoffs, they really, really spread it out. They really milk it. You almost forget about some of these series sometimes. Like, we're not going to get another Warriors-Rockets game until until Saturday. So, getting down to the nitty-gritty in the NBA right now. And unfortunately, the West Conference, the Western Conference playoffs just haven't been quite that good we've seen we have the top four teams that we thought in the east so hopefully we can get a couple good six or seven game series over there but I I think the Warriors will likely go and win one of these games at Houston and then put Houston in a a really tough spot Houston's opportunity to to take this series I felt like they had to take one of those first two games on the road uh, at Golden State and and kind of try to at least feel like you were able to swing home court advantage back that that did not happen, so I think Warriors in five. Derby time. Before we get into race number one, I want to let you know about one of our sponsors, calltopost.com. I spoke to the guys uh, from calltopost.com about a month or so ago, and what I liked is they're just horse racing fans who want to have a community built at calltopost.com. They said, my brother and I started uh, as a cool hangout for horse players. We're getting into selling partnerships, but we want to keep doing the Slack channel for our members. We provided horse players a platform to have discussions and conversations with other horse players. They also host handicapping tournaments and have a fantasy horse racing league up and running. I got involved. It's free to sign up. If you go to call2post.com, free to sign up, and then you will get sent an email where you sign up for the Slack channel. And Once you're in... The Slack channel. Basically, you can have a conversation with anyone that's in there. You can ask questions. We can um, answer questions. You can get involved in the handicapping tournaments. There's a handicapping tournament that's free to get involved in with a $100 prize or a share of Parade Blue, one of the current horses that they have uh, ownership in. So call to post.com. If you're the type of person who likes to interact with other horse players, you like to have uh, them, you know, ask questions. You like to have kind of a 
some folks out there to bounce ideas off of. Is this course possible? Yes, no, maybe. This is a great spot for you, especially over the next five weeks or so during the Triple Crown. Calltopost.com. Race number one, get your past performances out. We're going to go through the 12 races on Saturday at Churchill Downs, one by one by one by one, starting with race number one. Six furlongs. This is three-year-olds and up, optional 80, non-winners of three. From the inside, you have Recount, who is a 12-time winner, but Recount is over the last few. It was a two-back winner at Hawthorne, but what I don't like about the barn in particular, the barn off a plus 180-day layoff, O for their last 12. I was having a tough time reading my notes right off the bat. That's not a great start, huh? O for the last 12 and just two for their last 19 over the last five years off a plus 180-day layoff. So while Recount is a horse who maybe could win a race like this while in good form and in current form, I think the fact that we have not seen Recount since June of 2018 will be a major negative here. And you have the rail draw plus the long layoff with other speed to the outside. It would not be easy for Recount from down there. Um, but is a graded stakes winner, a seven-year-old who uh, can win plenty of races and, and knows where the winner's circle is, a 12-time winner with seven runner-ups and five-thirds, but uh, a horse who doesn't seem to be ready for his tip-top to kick things off at Churchill. Control stake, the deuce, Ofer's last 20. His last win was June of 2016. He exits a really tough race, though. He's behind grade one winner, $2.5 million earner, Whitmore, who we'll see later on in the car. Whitmore was second in the Breeders' Cup sprint. The runner-up that day shared the upside, won an allowance race next out. The third-place finisher, Welder, won back-to-back small stakes over at Will Rogers. So, Control Stake comes out of a productive race, but he is over his last 20. He's a horse who has run okay, but he does not mind settling for the minor awards and... In this particular spot, I'm going to go elsewhere, and we'll go right next door to Curate, the three, who broke really well, who sat off from the outside, was always within uh, within a few lengths, took his shot at the top of the lane. He actually stuck his nose in front, but he lost the stretch battle. It was a, a pretty wicked defeat there. What I like to see from Curate, though, is that he has the ability to sit off if need be. Third start of the year, I think he should be set for his absolute best. He has the speed to stay close, but also the rating gear that we've seen. I think he, to me on paper, he really looks kind of like a standout. Uh, loose on the town, the four. His most recent dirt races aren't bad. You know, you go back to the, the Damascus at Del Mar in the end of 2017, and even the Phoenix at Keeneland, or, you know, in in those five races, four of them were on the dirt, and they really weren't bad. Since then, you see a couple grass races. He's 0 for his last 9. His last win was May 2017, but he's back to the dirt, and now he's back in the lynch barn. I think there are some positives in here. What I like about a horse like Loose on the Town is he's not in the best of form right now, but his best would absolutely beat this group. So we know at least he has the opportunity, the ability to show up with a race good enough. Some horses, you, you don't know if they have the ability to run a race good enough. At least we know that Loose on the Town has that opportunity if he shows up with his A game. Cowboy Karma, I think the five wants to go just a little bit farther. Um, really no knocks. He, he's a nice animal, but 
if you'll notice, his last few starts have all been followed by a short layoff. That's never usually a positive sign. If your horse is in nice form, he's probably running, right? Um, so Cowboy Karma won't be on many of my tickets early on. Mr. Crow is cross-entered on Friday and Saturday. We'll see where he ends up running. If he runs here, he will be very tough. He was a fine second last out behind Imperial Hint, a very nice sprinter. That was a grade one effort. The barn is three for their last 11 with a couple seconds off the plus 180-day layoff, so capable at getting a horse ready off the bench. Don't love him. Don't don't hate him though. I mean, in this spot, he would he would fit. Then you have speed on the outside with zip on by. So uh, zip on by will likely be flashing some speed, probably in the mix early on. I think just a cut below the uh, the top in here, the top few in here. So I'll play this race three six four with curate the likely standout in the opener. Probably a horse to single in the early pick five. I think he'll end up going off favorite and be be pretty short of a price. But if you want to go a little deeper, three, four, six. We'll read through some of the uh, the pick fives at the end. But have that race three, six, four in that order. Second race, allowance optional claimers. These are three year olds and up, which have never won four races. Starting with General Downs and My Boy Jack, the uh, entry from the inside. This is a uh, a really interesting race in in. These are the kind of races you see a lot on the Oaks and Derby undercard where you have horses that we know their names and they're coming kind of from all over. You have my boy Jack, <clears throat> who's a multiple graded stakes winner, and we remember him. He ran in the Derby. We have Conquest Tsunami, who's a grade three winner, and he's been all over the place in many graded stakes. King Zachary, who was trying to get into the Derby last year. He was on the Derby trail in 2018. He actually is a grade three winner. And you have Thirst for Life, who's kind of an older, hard-knocking type horse. And then American Anthem, who's a multiple-graded stakes winner. What's uh, unique about this race is I don't know if if most of them are in the spot to run their best. In that they're coming off layoffs, or maybe they're going a little farther than they want, or a little shorter than than where they want. And that's what leads me to the the horse that I like in here in particular. We'll, we'll get to them in just a minute. But General da- uh, Downs from the inside, a wide trip in a small field last out, uh, was three deep, was up the challenge at the top of the lane, got the lead, but tired, was behind a next out winner who uh, is an okay one who's able to win uh, by four and a half an optional 50 at Laurel. I think General Downs is uh, just a cut below from a class standpoint, the rest of this field. My Boy Jack is the 1A, multiple graded stakes winner, My Boy Jack, who we last saw running in the Belmont. He was under 7-1 to in the Derby last year. Amazing to think about. He won the Lexington. He won the Southwest. Remember, he was the one with the for Keith and Kent DeSormo with that stone-cold closing kick who could just sweep through uh, but he had to be timed perfectly because a lot of times he would make that that move wide on the turn and end up losing a ton of ground but he has talent uh, the the issue with my boy jack always is his running style right he's not a horse who has a ton of speed so he's at the mercy of the pace shape and the rest of this the, the way the race shapes up so if they don't go quick enough early on my boy jack is likely not a winner and 
this is probably a good setup race for him, right? We'll see him stretch out, get a little more distance, and maybe be uh, pointed to a stakes race after that. I would I wouldn't be shocked to see my boy Jack onto the scene late with a good third or fourth place finish. War Giant broke well. He got the lead. He cleared off a length, but he was no match when he was tackled by Diamond King, the eventual winner, when he faded. And Diamond King would probably not be a top two contender in this race. So I think War Giant, where he can step forward off the second off the bench, second start of the year, this is just going to be a much, much tougher spot for him because he's going to run into a couple more graded stakes winners to his outside, like Conquest Tsunami, who is very, very quick when he wants to be. You know, he never seemed comfortable last time out, but when he is right, he's very good. He is very fast. He won a stakes race at Churchill Downs going a mile on the dirt as a two-year-old. Should be flying early, stretching back out to a mile here. He's a grade three winner. He's multiple graded stakes placed. His last couple starts, I think you can make some legit excuses for him. Uh, and you see some of the horses who he's faced recently. Sistron, who came back to win the grade two Kona Gold. Eddie Haskell was the next out allowance winner. So, you know, some of the horses that he's facing in Southern California too weren't bad. You see Roy H. and Kanthanka when he's behind them in the Palace Verdes. This is a horse... Who has been in the Breeders' Cup turf sprint previously So Conquest Tsunami With speed The proven ability to go a mile At Churchill Downs Probably going to have to deal with some other speed in here But if anyone can clear the field I think he is the fastest The most likely To be On the lead at you know at the, uh, the first quarter mile marker King Zachary this could is next. This could be a bit short for King Zachary. He's a Grade Three winner over this track. He's done his best work here, but some mixed signals. He's now in the Grand Motion Barn. Motion off a plus one eighty day layoff, and with a first time acquisition, twenty four percent. He's eighteen out of seventy six with a two fifty one ROI, two point five one ROI. That's excellent. To mention mixed signals for King Zachary, he fits well from from a, a class standpoint. But a mile might just be a little short for him. He, he's, I think, more of a mile and an eighth or classic type distance horse. I really like Thirst for Life, the five. He adds the blinkers. His last four races are all followed by layoffs, which never is a positive, right? But you're going to get a price on him. He should sit the trip, shouldn't he? He exits a pretty live race with five next out winners on February 18th. Cole Front came out of that race to win the Godolphin Mile. Rated all rated our superstar won the Essex All Out Blitz. Won a stakes at Sunland, uh, nonetheless. Won a stakes at Turfway, and remembering Rita won an optional 50 out of that. He's the only horse in here that really feels like this is his best distance, and he looks to get the setup now. Is he right physically? Question marks. His last three races, they haven't been good. But if he runs back to that Cornhusker effort or the races prior to that, he could be right there. And and probably will be a really nice price in here. He might be the longest shot in the field. He probably will be the longest shot in the field. Because... You know, American Anthem, who's very good, and he's a multiple-graded stakes winner. He's multiple-grade one placed. American Anthem might be okay with this one-turn mile, but if you look, his 
best races have been seven furlongs, and he's not been good going a mile, a mile and a 16th or a mile and an eighth. His three races past seven furlongs, not great. And now American Anthem, who is likely going to be forwardly placed in here, he's going to have to deal with Conquest, Tsunami, and War Giant, a couple other speedy horses up front. I think Thirst for Life gets a great trip in here. Anything over six to one, worthy of a win wager. I have the second race at Churchill, five, six, four, three. With Thirst for Life over American Anthem, over King Zachary, over Conquest Tsunami. That's a fun, contentious little uh, little allowance optional claimer that has the quality of a stakes race, but what makes it interesting is just how they're all kind of meeting at distances that might not be their best. Moving on to race number three. Made in special weight. Start from the inside with Awesome Tracker. His debut at Churchill back in November. Slow start. Was in the back trio early. Was too deep. He did make up some ground late. It really wasn't that bad. And Ian Wilkes is always a conditioner that's more likely to get horses to improve second, third out. This horse is really training well at Churchill Downs for this. You see that bullet on April the 15th. The rail draw is the major concern. So we don't know if this... Guy has enough speed to flee the rail and going six furlongs, getting shuffled back, having to come around is not easy. I wouldn't dismiss him completely though. I think there's plenty of room for him to improve. Saddle Bar is the three. This is a first time starter, a three year old son of Tapazar out of the damn Honeycomb Gus. The dam was five for 15, $96,000 earner, won two of her first four. She's produced five foals to race. Four winners have combined for, uh, Four winners out of five, and 14 wins combined from those four winners, and $417,000 total combined. And, you know, you look at Saddlebar, he's actually been pretty solid in the morning so far. I really like what I've seen from his tab. He's showing a little life in the AM. I have Saddlebar picked second in here. Very, very live. The four to me, Saroj, looks like. The one to beat. This was a $700,000 purchase. The dam was a $250,000 winner. Uh, she was a five-time winner. She's had three fulls to race so far. First one, Tapatio. Tapatio. One for four. Re-Ride is a, a four, uh, four-time winner who's actually earned 451000 So, not bad. Uh, pedigree for Saruj, who was good in the debut, was fourth, was too deep, was five off, moved into contention, but touched revenge, got a three length jump on him. And Saruj tried hard, but he just couldn't get to a horse who got the jump. To me, any improvement at all, Saruj wins this race. He's the one to beat in here. And, and he's right next to, he's stylish, who. He's faced some really nice ones, right? He adds the blinks, but he's a four-year-old now who's only raced four times, and he's had some, obviously, some physical issues with the layoff lines. Career debut, he's second behind McKinsey, a millionaire, multiple grade one winning McKinsey. He's in a race where Shiver Me Timbers come out of that, comes out of that to, to win next out. He's in a race where Peace comes out of that to win next out. And then he hooks Super Soul and Montmartre, who are also next out winners. So he's been a little unlucky in that he's faced a lot of horses while they were in very nice form. And, and while they were doing well and, and went on to run well again after that. The Blinks on, 
The problem I have with him, he's going to take a lot of money again, right? Three times he's been under 2-1. to one. He's been your beaten favorite twice. He doesn't really do any, a, a whole lot wrong. He doesn't run bad races. But I don't want to bet him to win at you know 8-5 to five or so. I have him picked in the third spot. I think he's probably going to be very tough to keep out of the exotics. Phantom Currency is the 5. He was horse who was all in early. I like the fact that he puts two together, but he will need a lot of improvement and to step forward. He does have some early speed though, which you uh, you always look as a po- at look at as a positive and he's going to be cutting back. So, if he's able to show a, a little speed early on on the turn back, he might be a horse that's tough to pass. What do you do with a horse like Palmer's Way, huh? 27 and a half months off. He hasn't raced since January of 2017. Now he goes as a first-time gelding. He had a slow start, but he recovered pretty well. He moved through. Um, he was c- kind of sitting just a few lengths off. He ducked to the inside, then he angled out. He ends up second, not a bad second at all, behind Battle of Midway, who was 8 for 16, $1.5 million in a grade one winner, the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile winner, Battle of Midway. I, I just... I have to think Palmer's way will need a race, right? Off of this long of a layoff, no matter how good of a conditioner you are, and you have Javier Castellano aboard for Brian Lynch, I just assume he is going to need a race, and this is the type of horse who I will play next out. Seven is Zoe's Delight. Another Ian Wilkes. This one was in tight, squeezed back a few times, and was in tight and in tough spots a few times. So not an easy debut, and kind of looks similar to the other Ian Wilkes. Wouldn't be shocked to see this horse improve a lot second out, and I really wouldn't talk you off this one. I would put the two Ian Wilkes horses very similar, like right next to each other, the two and the seven. I would have them in the fourth spot, maybe like the fourth and the fifth spot. The eight, I'm looking up. Just going to be watching this one today as he leaves the Asmussen barn. comes into the Dallas Stewart barn. They're 0 for 7 when starting a, with a new acquisition off a plus 180-day layoff over the last five years. So um, I'll just be watching this one. And he comes out of a couple productive races. He just was never really in it last out. And last out was July 20th of, of 2018. Young Phillip will be part of that D'Amato entry. See if they both end up running or not. He was pressed by my man or he actually pressed my mandate he took a shot at that one before the top of the lane but he tired he did really keep trying all the way and my mandate ends up winning that one young philip was a fine third in the debut that was in the slop too so you know he he didn't run poorly in the slop keep that in mind when we're looking at these races too is it's supposed to be raining quite a bit on saturday uh probably friday also which you hear the disappointment in my voice when uh, when that happens always like to see the races um, contended on fast and fair surfaces or as close to those as we could possibly get. Knee deep in snow is the nine. He was involved early. He was just off the pace in the two path. He was in between. He was battling for the lead at the top of the lane, but then he faltered and he tired. That was going seven. That was his first start from, uh, from September to April. It was also um, a race out at Keeneland when Previously had run in Southern California And so, you know, moving around This is one thing with a lot of these horses from Southern California too If you saw horses that were stable in Southern California And they went out somewhere And maybe they didn't run well their first time 
you might want to give him another shot back because everything that was happening at Santa Anita with the racetrack, um, opening, closing a few times, there not being races, some horses might have been a little bit out of a little bit out of shape. Maybe they missed a work or two here and there. Maybe they had planned on running in a race or two here and there and they missed it. So if you see these horses now coming back um, once or twice more, maybe you want to give them a, a little bit more of a look. The outside runner, Admiral Brown, the 10. Another one who's coming into the Dallas Stewart barn for the first time um, for the first time and gonna be coming off of a long layoff in the debut, slow start. He moved up to within a couple lengths before tiring and fading back. That was actually back at Del Mar when he was in the Bob Baffert barn. Have this race pegged 4-3-1-2-7. And even the five would be another one below that. I, I would, as a price, try not, try not to talk you off. 3-4, going to be tough. And then, you know, 1-3-4, probably the, uh, the three that I would need in some of the multi-race exotics. Fourth race, allowance, optional, claiming. Three rolls, you've never won a race other than maiden claim starter, state bred, never won two, seven furlongs. Chase the Ghost, we begin with from the inside. Blinkers on for Chase the Ghost, who broke well. He took back to about seventh. He was about five off. He kept wide. He was three deep. He was in the clear. He was about four wide. He got up to within a length or so in the Lexington before tiring and fading. And he, his Lecomte race, I actually didn't mind that much, but then he came back and he didn't run that well in the Risen Star. He is dropping out of a couple graded stakes races, but this is not an easy group. He's actually hooking a couple really tough horses, like the horse drawn right to his outside, Hidden Scroll. Hidden Scroll, who was that monster debut winner for Bill Mott, and who was favored in the Fountain of Youth and the Florida Derby. He ran fourth in the Fountain of Youth. And a lot of people were upset with the way that he was written in the Fountain of Youth by Joel Rosario. There was a, a long shot who broke on top, and Hidden Scroll wanted to get in front of that horse. Instead of maybe sitting behind, he went a little faster than maybe he needed to to get in front and to clear off. I, I like when you handle a horse that way. Uh, when you you think you have the best, he's a speed horse. Because then what happened in the Florida Derby? Hidden Scroll, he tried to rate. He tucked inside, but then he got shuffled. He had nowhere to go. In it, it just, we never really got to see him run. We never really got to see him let loose. He got, you know, backed up into. Um, so. Uh, I think we're going to see him let loose a little bit today. And when you look at who he's been behind recently, Maximum Security, Bodie Express, Code of Honor, Bourbon War, Vacoma, all in the Derby. He's no doubt the class. And this is starting over point, right? For Hidden Scroll. Okay. After that maiden, dazzling maiden win, we went right into Graded Stakes Company. Maybe that was a little too much for a horse who... Still has some things to learn, obviously. Tons of talent, but lots to learn. Now you're starting over. He's going to be really, really tough in here. The only concern I have, and the only reason why I have him picked second, and when I say I have him picked second, he's not like, I I think you should try to beat him and toss him out of your exotics. I just like a horse at a pretty big price who could offer you a a little bit of value in the exotics and maybe on the win end. We'll get to that one in a minute. Zorb, the three. He broke in a bit, but... 
Um, he he battled in between. He took back to third. He came on again, but he couldn't get to first deal, who basically led all the way around the track. Zorb, two good races at Tampa, but this is a big step up in class, facing nice horses that are kind of coming from all over. High Crime is the four. He broke well, and he was very fast. He opened up a length early, but he spit out a big lead late in the stretch. You go back to February the 2nd, he showed some speed inside, but he took back. He got to the toothpath. He briefly had the lead at the top of the lane. That was in the swale. Not bad that day, but he's going to need to show a little bit of improvement too if he wants to deal with a horse like Hidden Scroll because high crime is going to have plenty of other pace up front with at least Hidden Scroll, likely Fortin Hill, mischievous bird, wouldn't shock me. He's not exactly slow. There is a good amount of speed signed on in this race. That leads me to my top selection, Boracho. Oh yeah, Boracho can't be twenty to one though, right? I I expect him. I mean, if he's ten to one, I think that's fair. Just playing him off his last couple races and just off the figures he earned in those races, he's not far behind uh, the rest of this field. He's a horse who's proven at Churchill. Most recently. He was third, but he was the only one who made up ground last out at Keeneland in the slop, and he did really well picking up some pieces late. Seven furlongs should be a perfect fit for him. And look at some of the horses who he's been defeated by recently. Final Jeopardy, who was troubled in the wood. He was actually my selection in the Wood Memorial. And Bourbon War and Cutting Humor. Bourbon War was fourth in the Florida Derby. Cutting Humor is in the Kentucky Derby later on. He's been facing nice horses. Fine company. He has not been completely disgraced by that company. And he looks on paper like he'll get a good trip in here with a lot of speed. Seven furlong sets up well, and he likes this racetrack. I like Baracho in here. Anything over eight, ten to one, I think he's worth uh, a nice win wager. The six, Milton Town, was mid-packed, was asked for run, he angled out, he was widest of all. It was a strong rally to get up for the maiden win. A couple starts back, he was behind a, a next out maiden special weight winner, who then finished second in a stakes race, Powell. He was also behind By My Standards, who won uh, an allowance race, and then won the Louisiana Derby, and then we'll, we'll see him running in the Kentucky Derby later on. So... He's trending in the right direction. This is just a little too tough for Milton Town right now. Johnny's Bobby, he uh, had a couple next out winners that he dealt with on February the 9th. He was also behind Dream Maker, who tried the Tampa Bay Derby and the Bluegrass. There's a deep closer. He would need a perfect type of trip, I think, even just to hit the bottom of the, the tries or the supers. The eight is you said it all. He was outrun a bit when we saw him last. He was back to fifth. He was maybe about seven off the lengths, but he really closed well for a second behind the two-for-two Pyron, the undefeated Pyron. No real knocks on you've said it all. I really wouldn't wouldn't talk you off this slightly raced three-year-old with some upside. The nine Fortin Hill was very good in the debut for Chad Brown. He broke on top. He sat second. He took over. He opened up early. He was very impressive, and he was geared down late. With a five and a half length victory He beat next out winner Family Biz And Family Biz actually Beat High Call Who we'll see running in the derby later on Fortin Hill has not raced since October of 2018 but we know 
Chad Brown can get horses ready. It's not easy to go seven furlongs off the bench, though. So I think he might be a little short, especially if he's caught up early on having to to mess around with High Crime and Hidden Scroll and even Mischievous Bird, who's drawn right next to him for Norm Cassie. He broke on top. He sat just off, pressing. He moved to the lead very easily, and he kicked on. It was a nice W. For Mischievous Bird on March the 16th at Gulfstream Park. Good luck with this one, Norm. I have Mischievous Bird in my top four. Lexingtonian runs out the field now in the Jack Sisterson barn. He got bet in uh, in the Sanford back in, in 2018. But if you'll notice, July 2018 he races, and then we don't see him again until October 2018. And now we don't see him, we don't see him since then. Now he shows up for a new barn. He's had some issues. We're going to have to see a race for him before I can in confidently use him next time. 5, 2, 9, 10 with Boracho on top of Hidden Scroll on top of Fortin Hill on top of Mischievous Bird. Moving on to race number 5. Main special weight race, mile and 16th on the turf course. The two encore kitten. Dam won a couple races on the grass. Lone Sib uh, was a two-time winner on the grass. The barn is just one for 11, though, with first-timers going long on the grass. Not easy to get a, a horse ready to go long on the grass. Mm, just more of an under type for me. Breeze Lucky Charm, I thought, ran really, really well. She tracked most recently when she was at Fairground. She tracked nicely from second. She was always kind of within a length. She moved to the lead mid-stretch, but she couldn't hold off. Aura Juice came running in the last 20 yards. She looks like a top-tier contender, though, to me, as her overall form has been pretty good. She's been second three or four times, and I don't, I'm not necessarily ready to start calling her a hanger yet. I think, um, I think she can win this race. The four, Senora Gato comes in from Turfway. There's a little something here with this one. Dam was a five-time winner on the grass. If you look through all of her races, she showed a little something. Um, in her debut, she flashed a little bit of speed from the inside, but she got cut off, and she came on again late. In fe- on February 28th, in her second start, she battled for the lead. She was just off the pace. She got through an opening. She couldn't really go on with that opening. She tries hard, though. Her numbers and figures are a little low because she comes in from Turfway, but I'm going to try to sneak her in in the bottom of um, on a pick five or two and, and some pick fours that start in this race also. Don't just dismiss the four, Senora Gato. Hungry Kitten, I think is, is set up for a big effort. She, in her debut, she got to the inside. She was She was way out of it. And she flew late to get up for fourth. Thought it was a, a really nice effort. And she got bet second time out. It was a slow start. She was really green early. But she did start to move well late. She now adds the blinks. Second off the bench. For the first time ever, she's going to be putting two starts together. She's going to be hopefully a little bit closer with the blinkers on. And there's a lot of speed in this race to set up a rally for Hungry Kitten. My top selection, anything around 8-1 to one or so, looks like the right price on Hungry Kitten. Because Silver Kitten right next door will be flashing some speed. I'm not really too big a fan of her. She led the way. She tried hard. She was headed in the stretch. 
Just looks like you're going to get some speed there with Javi And then I think right next door in the 7 She's got moves, you're probably going to get some speed There also, she was very quick Into the lead, she cleared by 2 She was up by 5 lengths Early in the stretch before she got caught Speed But she spit it out late And I think being drawn right next to Silver Kitten Won't help her any The 8 Lady Trish's Dream Productive race That she debuted in But it was in the slop That was back in October We just don't have enough information about her To make a strong case for her The 1 Live Young Battled for the lead from the inside Um she she shrugged off a challenge But she couldn't hold off uh, Another challenge off the pace of, of Gentle Ruler who is a next out winner If This race comes off the grass She will be upgraded In the slop She was in a race that was taken off the grass last time out And ran well But she She was honest And I think there's some upside there with Liv Young Princess Blanca just seems to be a little overmatched The 10 Zerlin was sitting on the inside, about three or four off in third, fourth, swung around, and had to alter course, and, and then slowed down. And that that was what slowed Zerlin down just a bit. It was not far behind Breeze Lucky Charm. I think if you like Breeze Lucky Charm, you have to kind of like Zerlin, a horse who, who is now making just her second start on the grass, and she has plenty of room to take a nice step forward. Michelle's fault... Treating like a wild card Because I I'm not sure If she will be ready Not having raced since January To show up with her best here But she comes out of some nice races She's faced some good horses For Zayat and for, for Mike Maker and She would be no shock But she does have a tough post And she'll probably be a horse who would be like more of an underneath Type to play next time out Gold standard will be really really tough In here The outside draw could hurt her a little bit But if she just takes back and she becomes You know a stone cold closer again like we saw In her debut then the outside draw Won't really matter because she probably won't lose A ton of ground she was towards the back Of the pack she Was towards the back of the middle of the pack in a Big field she angled out She flew in the stretch late She had a huge kick and she Just missed she was favored in her debut And she will likely be favored in Career start number two I have this race 5-12 with Hungry Kitten on top of the 12 gold standard with the 10 below that one. Zerlin, the 3, Breeze Lucky Charm. Below them, the 4, Senora Gatto, and the 11, Michelle's Fault. 5-12, 10, 3, 4, 11. 5 and 12 will be the horses that I use in most of the exotics. Moving on. Race number six. Now we're getting into the graded stakes action, as was the case um, yesterday. And and honestly, anytime I'm doing any handicapping and going through races, the races that I don't like a lot or that I don't really have a strong opinion on, I'm not going to spend as much time on just because I'm not going to try to steer you one way or the other if I don't really feel strongly about it. Humana Distaff. Spring in the wind looks kind of like a long shot from the inside. She has won three in a row, but this is a tough, not a group of 14, but it's a tough group. It is a tough group. 
as you'll see right next door with a multiple grade one winner, Spice Perfection, who has become one of the best Philly and Mare sprinters. She just won the grade one Madison. She won the La Brea at the end of 2018. This is a very nice Calbred who would jump up over a million dollars in earnings if she wins this race. She was too deep of four across early on. She worked her way into a nice, clear second, and she won the battle with Amy's Challenge. It was a very good ride by Javier Castellano when he jumped aboard Spike Perfection at Keeneland in the Madison. The three, Mia Mischief, is a grade two winner, a grade two winner over this racetrack, but I was a little disappointed in her last start. She was heavily favored when she lost to Ars to Run. Now, Ars to Run is no slouch. She's a 10-time winner who's won five in a row and who's won seven in a row on the main track. Prior to that race, Mia Mischief defeated a horse named Pretty Greeley, who's a small stakes winner at Will Rogers. And in that carousel on April the 6th, Mia Mischief sat a nice third behind two dueling up front. She moved in tandem in between horses with ours to run, but she was just no match for ours to run. And I, and she's going to have to deal with tougher in here, right? So I... Not really a big fan of me and Mischief. The problem I have with Talk Vuv to me is she is best when she's either on the lead or very close to the lead. And she won't be able to get a clear lead today, right? With Amy's challenge in here. And with, you know, Mia's mischief is not exactly slow. Spice Perfection put the uh, the pressure on her last time out. Marley's Freedom is not slow. I just don't see Talk Vuv to me getting a clear lead, right? I don't even think she's the fastest. I think Amy's challenge would probably be more likely to even to, to get the lead over her. And so if Talk Vuv to me is three, four, five lengths off, can she win? I don't know. Her victories have all been in races when she's been right there early on and able to dictate things. If things don't go her way, how good will she be? Amy's challenge is tough. She's big speed. She broke well. She got to the lead, but she had pressure from three others. Spice Perfection was always within a length. Amy's challenge really tried hard all the way. It was only beating a neck. It was a fun stretch battle between the two. And Amy's challenge... Rarely runs a bad race. She's a, a very nice filly. Emboldened for Baffert. You don't generally see Baffert horses as some of the longer shots in the field, but this one probably will be. She's lightly raised. She has some upside, and I like the fact that she's getting to put two starts together, but she was outrun a little bit early. She qu- did chase a quick pace, and she was able to get up for second. It, it wasn't bad. On April the 7th But she's no match For the top quality Phillies in this spot Phillies or mares I I do think it's funny that Baffert Or maybe just something to take note of When Baffert enters a horse Like this when he has another good horse Like Marley's Freedom He must not think that Emboldened is too far below Marley's Freedom Or maybe he's just looking at this saying We need to get this type of We need to get a race under Embolden But this is a great one I'm sure there are probably softer spots He could have picked out for Embolden So maybe you look twice at, at Embolden I just I don't think she's quite Up to Marley's Freedom Who Wow what a monster she's been for Baffert huh? Seven races since she's coming to the Baffert barn Five wins All have been graded stakes races She was second in a grade one And she was fourth beaten a half length In the Breeders' Cup most recently, she was behind Secret Spice, who we'll see 
a little later, uh, who we'll see on when Kentucky Oaks Friday. Paradise Woods was right behind Marley's Freedom. Paradise Woods came out of the Beholder Mile to win the Grade 2 Santa Margarita by 10 plus lengths with a 100 buyer speed figure. I can't see anything but 2-7 in this race. Spice Perfection, I'll slightly lean to just based on the better price that she'll be, but Marley's Freedom is the one to beat. She's drawn well. She'll be coming off the pace. Um, I think those are the two, and I, I couldn't really... The way, I, I just don't see Amy's Challenge or Talk Vuve to me getting the type of trip that they need to win. I don't think Mia Mischief is quite good enough. To me, it just lean... It, Keeps going back to Spice Perfection over Marley's Freedom 2 and 7 there. Seventh race, Distaff Turf Mile. Raven's Lady from the inside, the one. She had a slow start, two starts back. Uh, she, she had a slow start. She was two from the back. And she saved ground. It was okay. It, it really was looked like a race where she wasn't asked to do much, to be honest. But she was behind the very nice Vasilica, who's 11 for her last 12. Yeah, that's that's true. For 11 for her last 12 with six graded stakes wins, Vasilica. So Raven's Lady was behind a nice one. She is a multiple group stakes winner. She was a grade two winner in Germany. She'll save ground. I expect her to improve. But this is a tough race. I that you know all of these races are difficult, and so you, you just can't use them all. That's one thing you have to take into account on on a day like you know Oaks Friday or Derby Saturday. There are so many reasons to not include a horse that you may even like. The pace, shape of the race, the price, um, maybe the horse is. Drawn poorly, you know, so there's so many good quality animals that you just can't use them all in each race. And and I'm always going to lean towards the horses that are having a slightly better price than uh, than the horses with the, the lower price. You just, you want to get more bang for your buck. Take these chains, the two, uh, sat third when we saw her last and she was behind Basilica. She was about five, six off. She moved into contention. She actually just ended up missing third now for a newborn. We don't know a whole lot about this one. The three, Proctor's Ledge. Her runner-up effort behind Valedictorian I thought was was very good. It was her first start of the year, and it was in on March the 30th, so she's had plenty of time to recover from that. She was three deep. She was within two lengths. She got up to the two-path at the top of the lane. It was a very big effort chasing Valedictorian, and she's Proctor's Ledge is very good at this trip. I have Proctor's Ledge as one of the uh, the five horses that I think can win this race. Bull Recall, the four, she used to be in Southern California. She had a good 2017 to middle of 2018. She was solid, grade two winner, grade one placed. Then she tailed off a little bit, and she changed barns now, and, and she seemed like she's waking back up for for Brad Cox as she's been in the money, been in the exacta in two of three. She's won two of three, but this is a big step up. She might still be a cut below this group. Most recently, she saved ground, five off, traveled well, angled out in the stretch for the easy win. That was at fairgrounds in a, a small stakes race. Now you're stepping up and facing grade one company, grade two company. But really, this is a like a grade one quality race. Daddy is a legend, is the five, has not raced since December. 
And, but the barn, while not having a very good year, is capable off the bench, is capable off these type of layoffs. Four for the last 15 off the 61 to 180 day layoff. The only race that Basilica, the horse that we mentioned, who's really nice one, that a turf distance horse out in Southern California, the only race that Basilica didn't win in her last 12 starts was the grade one matriarch. When Daddy is a Legend was second, Vasilico was fourth. So that gives you an idea how tough that race is. Daddy is a Legend was second behind Uni and was in front of Kidura. She is a very, very nice animal. Will she be 100% ready? Maybe, maybe not, but I think she's she's in the mix. She's worth using. Precious is going to be really tough in here, the six for Chad Brown. She has raced twice since coming into North America and coming into the Chad Brown barn. They have both been very good. Her only loss was when she was barely defeated by Uni. And then most recently in the Honey Fox, she saved ground about six, seven lengths off, two lengths behind Valedictorian. She angled out and around for a a very well-measured, easy win in the end. Precious looks like the one to beat. I don't really have any knocks on Capla Temptress. Um... She was a fine winner last time out. I just like a couple others in here more. God Stormy's a little interesting because this is his be- her best distance, right? She's she's a five-time winner at this trip, and I think turning back a little bit will really help her. She was behind Rushing Fall and Rimska. Those are very, very nice animals. She stalked. She was three off. She was too deep. She was mid-pack. She loomed up, and she just was you know, behind two nice ones. No, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with finishing third behind them. Uh, she will be in the mix for me. Environs. Going to be my top selection in here. First start for Chad Brown. And first start coming into North America was on April the 5th. And wow. Uh, very impressive. Six, five off, two deep. Always traveling well. She angled five wide and exploded. I think this filly has a very bright future in the Chad Brown barn and Chad Brown is loaded with very nice fillies and mares and just loaded with very nice runners in general. The 10 is Dorian, who she will likely be showing some pace. She will be sitting close, but I think she is able to benefit in races where there is not a lot of pace. And I think if you look up and down this field... You will see there will probably be at least a few with Take These Chains. I don't think Proctor's Ledge will be far out of it. Um, Got Stormy won't be too far out of it. She's probably the one to catch, but I just don't know if she's going to be good enough to deal with the pressure and hold off some of these who have the late kicks of, you know, Environ's late kick. Proctor's Ledge is a nice grinder who might have a little more bottom now with that race uh, under her belt. And, you know, she's going to have to hold off Precious, who will be absolutely rolling. So we have this race with a nine on top environs. Nine environs on top of the six. Precious, top of the five. Daddy is a legend. And the eight, Got Stormy. And the three, Proctor's Ledge. Nine, six, five, eight, three in the seventh at Churchill Downs. Moving on to race number eight. This is now the grade one Churchill Downs. This is a seven furlong sprint race. Seven horses come out of the Commonwealth. There were seven horses that are in this race that last raced in the grade three Commonwealth at Keeneland. And 
you know, there's a couple in, in there might be interesting, but right off the bat, you look at this race and you go, promises fulfilled, Matoli, Bobby's wicked one, uncontested. They're all very, very quick and they all want to fly. Duchere from the rail is a grade three winner. Most recently won the Tom Fool. It was in between horses at the back, was chasing a very quick early pace. It was a huge win, but this is a big step up with some of the horses he's going to have to face, including a horse like Uncontested, who beat him two and three starts back. I like Limousine Liberal a lot in here. He won this race in 2017 and in 2018. This is actually his fourth time in this race. In the Commonwealth, it was his first start of 2019. It was his first start since the Breeders' Cup sprint, and Limousine Liberal sat too deep. He was about four off the lead. He had to angle out five plus wide. He just missed second. He kept trying. And you look and you see that he's traded decisions with a lot of the rivals that he will face in here. But the reason why I'm going to give him the slight advantage is because now we're back at Churchill Downs again. He loves Churchill Downs. And this is where he generally beats the rivals who beat him other places. So uh, Limousine Liberal with his versatility with the ability to come from off the pace like he's shown, and now he will be going second off the bench in a race that looks to be loaded with speed. He's going to be the top selection ever so slightly. The three, Majestic Dunhill. Nah, just maybe bottom of your exotics uh, as a horse who will be moving late. I like the fact that he's putting two together. And his last two starts, they're not bad. And he might get the setup. But I just don't like him as much And I don't think he's as good as some of the other horses Who will also get that set up But maybe fourth fourth spot You know, uh, third, bottom of the tries Supers Bobby's Wicked One is the four And he was able to get over to the rail He was able to get the lead He had a half-length advantage He was pressed by a couple others He shrugged them off And he responded very well when asked Won't get an easy lead with others in here But he will... Likely have something to say about this race Because of his speed alone He is going for his fourth victory in a row The long shot Wild shot Oh for the last six He has run well at Churchill And he actually did win uh, The grade three Pat Day Mile going a mile At Churchill Downs Back in 2017 so race that was in kind of similar conditions to this seven furlong race, but we just haven't seen a good enough effort from him as of late. And and you're going to be hooking up with a couple of the best sprinters going right now. And one of them is right next door and promises fulfilled who was just a step slow in the Dubai golden Shaheen. And he got crossed over on a bit. He was fifth down on the rail He ended up moving up to fourth. He didn't run poorly at all, but his game is being on the lead. He doesn't want to be a few lengths back trying to make up ground. He wants to be battling, and he'll fight you. He will fight you for the front end. Promises fulfilled. I like him. I don't like the race shape, but of all the speeds in here, I think he has the best chance to hold hold on late. Warriors Club, the 7-0 for his last 9, and a horse who's just not as good at Churchill Downs, to be honest. He His style could fit If he just sits a trip off the pace a little bit But the record at Churchill And his recent form Not able to uh, to get in the winner's circle In quite some time This will not be an easy task for him What do you do with Matoli Who's won five in a row 
but now he has to go seven furlongs for the first time. He's never been this far. He just shrugged off Whitmore, but it was a small field. It was just a field of five race where he was able to dictate things. He's able to get the lead. He's able to to have things his own way. And it was in the slop and it was going six furlongs. Natoli might have some more speed right next door because uncontested was actually favored in the Commonwealth, but he didn't break well and he never really was able to get involved. You have to imagine that they want to send him because he's a grade, a grade three winner and he won his last two starts right on the lead. He's best when he's on the lead. That's where he does his best work. So he will probably and most likely be forwardly placed. The 10 still having fun over the last seven. Another one who gets an ideal setup. So some of these bombs like still having fun um, and, you know, Warriors Club, Majestic Dunhill. Wouldn't talk you off them in the bottom, you know, in your fourth spots or your supers because the way this pace shapes up, they will... They should have lots of speed to run into. The eleven is Uno Massimadello, just another one that uh, that seems to me to be in a little tough. And that brings us to Whitmore, who I'm two twelve twelve two. I slightly went to Limousine Liberal just because of the slightly better price and the fact that they're at Churchill. But Whitmore is a very very nice horse. I, I liked Whitmore back when he was uh, running and. Uh, at Oakland Park, trying to get into the Derby, I thought he was a very logical type uh, horse. That group with that group in, in that three year old year, and we found that he just didn't want to go that far. And he's become a very very nice sprinter now. And last out when he faced Matoli, he had to sit closer and press him because if he didn't, Matoli would have won by ten. But that's not Whitmore's game. He's better when he can track and make one run and. He should have every opportunity to do that in here. I think this race just shapes up so well for him. He drew the rail in this race last year. It was in the major slop. He was way out of it, eighth of nine early. He angled to the outside, um, and then he was back inside. He was trying to weave and make up ground on a really wet racetrack. I'm 2-12-6. Limousine liberal over Whitmore over Promises Fulfilled. Limousine liberal and... Whitmore will be on all of the exotic tickets that deal with race number eight. And then we move to race number nine. And this is another one where you have a ton of horses coming out of the very of one race. We have six horses coming out of the Transylvania. And you know, it was an okay race. We'll we'll get to those contenders as we get through the field here. Let's start with the one. A thread of blue. A thread of blue. Has won three in a row and four of five. This is the grade two American turf mile on a 16th for three-year-olds. He broke well. He sat third. And he was he was patient. He, when he broke on top, he a couple other horses wanted the lead and he just sat. He was always within a couple lengths. He was angled to the outside. He had to deal with a major challenge from Casa Creed, but he put him away late and then he widened the margin. And you know, you look up and down the field. Who presses this horse early? He's got to be the the lone speed and the the speed from the inside, right? Unless they want to get real aggressive with Marquis Prince. But I, I don't know who else is able to put the pressure on the thread of blue. So I think he he's a horse you have to use in all your exotics. That's why my top selection is the two social paranoia. 
I feel like he ends up sitting a great trip, maybe right behind a thread of blue and closest to him. This is a horse who was was good at two. He never ran a bad race. He was behind Fully Loaded, who was a next out winner in his debut. He was just behind Casa Creed, and he was behind 40 under a couple times. He actually was even third in a grade three, but he was still a maiden. Then in his first start at three, wow, he was three deep into the turn. He was two off uh, in the third flight. And he was wide, but he traveled well. He was in the two path at the top of the lane. It was a big, visually impressive performance. And if he has grown up a bit from two to three, he will be very, very difficult to deal with in here. I, Ten to one, I'd be shocked if he's that price just because of the big figure that he earned in his last start. So even if he's half that price, if he was four to one, I would think that was a nice um, mutual on social paranoia here who I have picked on top not not a huge fan of digital age which is kind of funny because I like the horse who was behind him last time out he he hasn't done anything wrong though he's two for two with both wins over at Tampa he was able to um angle around after a slow start and just get up no knocks but doesn't seem like your typical Chad Brown right the four is Marquis Prince. He was favored in his last two and was your beaten favorite behind Seismic Wave and Forever Mo in the uh, the Cutler Bay over at Gulfstream on March the 30th. Broke well, but he, he, he looked like he wanted to go to the lead, but others went to the lead. So he took back and he was third, fourth. He was about five off. He was saving ground. He moved to the two path. He loomed up with dead aim. And I thought it was pretty disappointing when he finished fourth, beating the length. I mean, he looked like uh, like the winner that day. And Seismic Wave, you heard it in Pete Aiello's voice. It was a brilliant ride from Irad Ortiz Jr. He trailed the field. He was in the two-path. He was about 10 lengths off. He waited patiently at the rear. And then he went in between horses. Then he went to the inside, in between again. He was ducking in and out. It was a very good ride. And Seismic Wave got up for the win. Zero knocks on him moving forward. He should be coming from the back of the pack and mowing him down late. The 6-4 of Ramo. Second in back-to-back starts and tough beats. And if Seismic Wave isn't isn't able to pull off that incredible ride, uh, Rad Ortiz Jr. isn't able to pull that off on Seismic Wave, and if he's not able to sneak up the inside, Forever Mo wins that race. He sat sixth. He was just inside a Seismic Wave. He moved along the rail. He had to wait and angle around, widest of all. And that was the difference between winning and losing. You know, Forever Mo going wide and Seismic Wave saving the ground and going to the inside. I like Seismic Wave. You got to kind of like Forever Mo too, right? Especially if you could get double the price on Forever Mo. Casa Creed was three deep into the first turn. He was three to four wide. He was just outside of uh, a thread of blue, but a thread of blue was able to shrug off the challenge and then kick clear from Casa Creed. Um, again, no knocks on, on Casa Creed. He would be no shock in here, just like others more, like Avis Flatter, who came off the bench, and he was good in the Transylvania. And it, that was A.B. Flatter's first start of the year. He's four for five overall, but he hadn't raced since November of 2018. He was in between horses in the second flight. He was just two, three lengths off or so, and uh, he angled out in the stretch. He responded well when he was asked, and he held off 
Henley's Joy, who is moving late. And you'll see Henley's Joy, who, you know, another one who wouldn't talk you off, could be picking him up late. Not a huge fan of uh, of Henley's Joy, really, or, uh, or War Film, who both come out of that Transylvania. Uh, weekly Calls, another one. Now we get to the part of the race where all the horses that come out of the Transylvania are literally uh, going to be lined up right next to each other. And Weekly Call will be uh, coming into a barn that's, that's a little bit cold right now. The Black Album, you know, you look at the Black Album and you say, okay, maybe he can step forward. That was just his first start of the year. He was behind Avi's Flatter, but that was also Avi's Flatter first start of the year. So he has plenty of room to improve also. And, and that's the same with, with Henley's Joy. If they were behind Avi's Flatter, she, uh, he, I always want to say she with Avi's Flatter. He has a lot more room to improve also. So I, that's why I'm not as big a fan of the Black Album or of Henley's Joy in here. Louder than bombs when you, you look through. He has recently been defeated by basically all of the, the major rivals that he will face today. So in the trans in the, the Transylvania, I was gonna say, in the race where many come from the Transylvania, the Grade Two American Turf will be the two social paranoia over the one thread of blue, over the six forever mo, over the five seismic wave, over the eight AVs flatter. Those are the five for me. Uh, two one though, I think will be very very tough. In there, and uh, the two social paranoia, likely a horse to uh, to wager on if we can get we sit around that five to one or so. Just a couple races remaining, and then we'll uh, get through some of the uh, suggested wagers at the end. Thanks for sticking it here with us, folks. On that's what G said podcast. If you can right now, take one second before the tenth race analysis comes up. Go to iTunes if you can, right there where. It, says under the That's What G Said podcast for the ratings and review. Click a little five-star rating, a little comment. Say, man, we like Gino, or he's okay, but the five-star rating, that, that's the key. Even even if you can't listen all the time, even if you can't always be there with me, those ratings, those comments, they're huge. They are a, a big help for really for growing the show, getting um, our show seen by other people. Um, it's helping with other sponsors, advertisers, anything like that. So, what I'll always try to do is get everything out there for free. So what I will ask of you is if you could ever so kindly head to iTunes and leave me one of those nice five-star ratings and reviews. Tenth race, the Pat Day Mile. The one Durkin's call, he was a big winner last out, but that was at Aqueduct. That was against New York Breads, and it was just a field of four. He would be a big, big shock even for the very good conditioner, Bill Mott. I like the two in here, Market King. So let's go to Market King's last couple races, right? He's in the bluegrass. He's behind Vacoma. He he didn't run poorly. He was, you know, slight bobble, but he actually was quick early. He ended up fourth, kind of two off in between, and he was fourth until the last two furlongs or so. When he started to get tired and then he just backed up, that was going a mile and an eighth. He was in the Rebel prior to that. He was third behind Omaha Beach in game winner. He was beaten eight lengths, but it was the same type of thing, right? He had the lead for the first half mile over Omaha Beach in the Rebel. Then Omaha Beach went by him. Game winner went by him, but he kept trying. He actually got passed up and was fourth, but he continued to try hard and he ends up running third. He 
you really seem to try hard until about the mile point in both the Rebel and the Bluegrass, and now he's cutting back to a mile here. He has the speed to stay involved. I think he can pass some horses if he has to. Mike Smith is jumping aboard, and you're going to get a nice price on him. Again, 15 to 1 seems a little bit high. So if he's you know if he's over 8, 10 to 1, that's right where he should be. The three dream maker. Hard to trust him, right? On uh, March the 9th at Tampa, he missed the break. He squeezed back. He was dead last early. He just was not comfortable. He was green. Um, he was moving in between horses slightly. He passed a couple horses, but not really much of a response. And then on April the 6th, he was bumped after the start. He dropped back. He was in tight saving ground on the inside. He just didn't seem like he liked being inside, and then he dropped back out of it. I was in the bluegrass. He's two for six, and his losses are bad losses. Bad losses. If he shows up with one of those really good efforts, is that even good enough to beat this group? That's, that's I don't know. Would his egg efforts even be good enough to beat some of the top ones in here. Not sure. The four Mr. Moneybags. Very quick, but he'll now have to go a mile. He's never been past, he's never won past six furlongs, and he's going to face much better than he's ever had to face. The five is Dunf, who has just been well defeated when we've seen him recently. Now, that was going a little bit longer, so he's cutting back to a mile where he's been better, and he has a little bit of early speed or tactical kind of. Where he's, you know, within a few lengths. He doesn't have to be so far back going a mile. Still not a big fan of him. Maybe some positional speed with Dumpf. Tobacco Road, I had uh, last year. I liked this horse a little bit last year. I had him on my fantasy team. But I just haven't seen really ever a race good enough that would contend with the top ones in here. I, I would be really surprised if he was able to sneak into the exotics at all. The seven Mr. Money... Is one that um, gets my attention a little bit. So let's look at his February 16th race. The Risen Star, he was fourth, he was fifth, he was four off, he was three deep. He got all the way up to second within a length at the top of the lane, and then he faded. That was his first start of the year, and it was going a little bit longer. So you're talking about a horse who's moving well right into about the mile mark. Then on the Louisiana Derby Day, he. Did not take the first turn well. He was fifth. He was sixth. He was three deep. He was four off. He was about five wide and in between horses at the top of the stretch. Same thing, like loomed up, but faded, tired. I love the turn back for Mr. Money. I think he's one of a few in here who will really enjoy cutting back a little bit. Manny Waugh has a, a good race or two in there, but just a uh, horse who's not. Not necessarily one for me in this spot. You know, there's so many like this when you go through these races where you're like, yeah, I just, I don't like him quite as much as I like others. And you don't really knock many of these horses. He wouldn't be a huge shock. You know, he's only 10 to 1 in here. Captain Von Trapp, the 9, he loomed up big in the in the Rebel. He actually got all the way up to third before flattening out in the lane behind Omaha Beach and game winner. Perhaps another one who will have a little more bottom on the turn back and uh, will have a little more late punch. The 10 is Instagram, and he's a very, very nice animal. He was two for two as a two-year-old, and when he came back as a three-year-old in the Gotham, he actually 
He broke well, but he chose to sit off a little bit as uh, a couple went for the lead early on. He was third. He was four off the. He was four lengths off, and when he started the move at the top of the lane, he looked like a winner about a furlong out. He loomed and he angled to the middle of the racetrack, but he was just a little bit tired. It was uh, a really quick pace that he he kind of moved early into, and it was his first start of the year, and it was his first start from August to March. He came back on April the 6th in the Santa Anita Derby, and he showed very good speed. He got to the lead, and he was third behind Roadster in game winner, the two horses who may now be the top two betting choices in the Kentucky Derby. I don't knock Instagram at all. He's going to be really, really tough in here. I think he's the deserved favorite, and there will likely be just two horses that I use in most of the exotics in here. And it'll just be 2 and 10. His Instagram is going to be really, really tough. And he could be a nice miler, a nice sprinter. I, I don't even know if it's um, if we're, we can say that he's not a horse who can go longer still. It's still so early on in his career. He has talent. He has speed. And I think he's just still getting better and better. He looks like he's going to be really, really tough in here. Frolic Moore sat fourth. Um, last out at Keeneland was three off. Was inside saving the ground. There's an okay third behind a horse named Intrepid Heart, who Intrepid Heart will likely be pointed to uh, maybe the Preakness or the Belmont a stakes race uh, coming up. Maybe they'll go Peter Pan, Belmont, or Preakness. We'll see. Everfast, remember Everfast, who was second in the Holy Bull at 128 to 1 behind Harvey Wallbanger. But wasn't able to really uh, improve off of that effort at all. And we've seen that that Holy Bull hasn't been, hasn't come up very strong in the uh, the last couple months. Hog Creek Hustle, you know, as if you're looking for a crazy long shot here, this might be one. He he has one at Churchill Downs going seven furlongs, which you have to like. He's just had some trouble and just been a little bit unlucky with. Um, you know, bad, bad racing luck, but you know he was the runner-up in the LeCompte. He was fourth in the Risen Star. He wasn't beaten a heck of a lot in um, multiple stakes races repeatedely. He's a horse who, who might be, be getting forgotten about a little bit in here as a as a big price underneath. Last Judgment, the fourteen for Pletcher. He was very green early. He was all over the place um, mid pack. He moved up to fourth, three off, three wide. He just kept going. Uh, was three deep of four, and then he held off Desmond, who came out late. Uh, Desmond and Last Judgment came out a bit late, but it wasn't bad. He just is green. He's still figuring things out, Florida bred, and now he's way outside in what looks like a pretty tough race. I think this might be a little too much for Last Judgment right now. So I played the the Pat Day Mile to Market King over the ten Instagram. Uh, over the 7, Mr. Money. And then if you're looking for long shots underneath that, the 11, Frolic Moore, the 13, Hog Creek Hustle, and then uh, maybe even Last Judgment for uh, some of the uh, the exotics under. 11th race, the Turf Classic. We have three from the Makers, 46 Mile. We have three from the Munoz at Fairgrounds. And we begin with the one, Kerbon, who I was so disappointed with last out as he was getting the most perfect trip ever Secured a nice spot in third He was on the rail He was behind two horses battling for the lead And he just could not go on with it He ended up finishing third Now he adds the blinks Maybe they will straighten him out and focus him up a little bit 
but could not have asked for a much better trip than the one that Corban received. Raging Bull, the two, when he made his four-year-old debut in his first start of 2019, he was fifth of seven. He swung to the two-path. He was about seven or eight off. He closed well, and he was not far out of second. He was much better than Kerbon, even though Raging Bull ran fourth and Kerbon ran third. Kerbon just had the perfect trip. Raging Bull was making his first start of the year and did not have the type of trip that Kerbon had. Multiplier, cross-centered, we'll see. I I wouldn't like him in this spot um, if he does choose to run on the grass in here. This just seems like a little bit more than what Multiplier is ready for right now. I want to see a couple more races um, with with uh, from him under Mott's supervision. For Sabador, he just came to the U.S. on April the 5th. When he raced at Keeneland and he was 55 to 1 in an allowance race that day. And the problem is, is that his races pre US, they seem like they would be a cut below it and maybe not even good enough to win this race. The five mark it off. Uh, he led the way under very slow fractions. He really fought back hard and he battled back. But he has to prove it against bricks and mortar and others in here. This is a tougher spot than the race he came out of, so not only does he have to deal with bricks and mortar, he's going to have to deal with others. And he's not going to get the lead, right? I think he just inherited the lead. Right next door, Clyde's image is faster than him. Clyde's image is coming off a huge effort last out, and he was coming from off the pace when he was second. He might get the lead in here. If I were the connections, I would send him. I'm hoping he gets sent because he is actually my top selection looking at this race up and down as it looks like there is not a ton of speed. Prime Attraction, maybe the pace. We'll see if Prime Attraction chooses this race. Even if so, I think Clyde's image could secure a trip right behind him. If Prime Prime Attraction isn't in here, then Clyde, he's going to go. Hopefully he sits close. I like Clyde's image a lot in here. Lightly raced with some upside. He takes another step forward. He should be right there. The eight is breaking the rules for Shug. Had to be a little disappointed that he didn't win the Canadian turf. He was three deep into the turn. He, he was wide in a small field, but he looked like he was going to, to win easily. He loomed up. He just couldn't get by Krampus. But you have a little time off now, and I, I think breaking the rules is, is in the mix. I will be using breaking the rules. Synchrony puts the blinks on. He was third in this race last year. The the worry I have with Synchrony and the very same worry I have with Ticonderoga is the race going to shape up for them. They seem to be, you know, stone cold closers. I don't know if this race is going to be go- if they're going to be going that fast in here. Um, on the win end, I don't have Synchrony or Ticonderoga. Now, would I be shocked if either one of them won? No, but I prefer a couple other horses who I think maybe have a little more upside and. We'll be offering you better value. The 11 march to the arch. Coming off a state-bred win. I just don't think that he's ready for this type of group yet. Bricks and mortar right next door. I mean, he won the Pegasus World Cup. This is a legitimate, legitimate animal. And uh, he he's done very little wrong in his nine-race career where he's won seven of those. He's going to be... I think he's going to have to show up with less than his A-game for a couple of the others to have the opportunity to contend in here and 
you know, that's why I'll give a horse like Clyde's image a look, just because he's lightly raced with some upside. Maybe he can jump up, but to me, it's bricks and mortar, very, very tough. I have Clyde's image on top of bricks and mortar. So I have six, 12, eight, and then I do have the 13 next shares as a, a horse. So I, I think, you know, could sneak into the exotics here. And if you want to go a little deeper, depending on how you're going to set up some of your wagers, next shares, when you look in his last couple starts. So, so let's go back to the Shadowell Turf Mile. He's a grade one winner, right? He's only seven to one in the Breeders' Cup Mile. Doesn't run great that day, but you know it's the Breeders' Cup. Give him an excuse. He comes back. He wins a grade two San Gabriel. Then he hooks the uh, a yielding turf in the Pegasus on January the twenty sixth. He saved ground. He inside, but he was in tight and behind horses. He wanted to move, but he got steadied and he got shuffled back. He tried to come on again. I think it was a better than looks effort in the Pegasus for next shares. And last out, he bobbled at the start a bit. He sat three deep into the turn. He was just about a length off. That's not his trip. He wants to take back and make one run. Will he get that kind of a setup today? I don't think so. But I think it'll be built into his price because of the last couple dismal efforts. 6-12-8-13 in the 11th at Churchill Downs. 12th and final, folks. It is derby time. Now we'll go through this 20-horse field. We heard the news, unfortunately, that the Kentucky Derby morning line favorite Omaha Beach had to be scratched. Uh, It doesn't seem like it's going to be anything that's too big of a deal, but uh, an entrapped epiglottis, trainer Richard Mandela said Wednesday, uh, he was coughing and uh, said we just won't have him won't have him ready to run on Saturday. He's going to miss two or three weeks of training or so. So unfortunate as um, you know, Mike Smith had to make that decision between Omaha Beach and Roadster. He stuck with Omaha Beach now, and uh, he will not have a mount for the Kentucky Derby after the likely favorite suffers uh, a small setback just a, a few days before the big race. Let's get things started. The... Kentucky Derby, race number 12 at Churchill Downs, the number one war of will. In his Louisiana Derby race, he took a couple of weird steps and early on, it was a race and he he just never really seemed comfortable, right? He ended up sixth in between horses when he settled and and he finished ninth as the, as the beaten favorite. Just never, never showed the same type of... of talent that we saw in the the previous three races from him really and now he draws the rail so he has to go the connections have said we're going to send him I think he has very little chance in here and what he will do is likely ensure that there is a fast pace in this race because he will be sent from the inside that's the only chance he has is if he's able to show enough speed to get out of some trouble the two is tax he broke well and he was off the rail he wanted to get off the rail um, a bit. You could tell there was a little bit of bumping going on early on with tax with Tacitus, and Tax was okay. He was he was okay. the The inside, I'm not really a fan of of the inside few horses. Um, tax, if he wins, it, it won't be with my money. And then by my standards, not really a fan of how they had to. Adjust the buyer speed figure for uh, by my standards. 
race after he wins the Louisiana Derby, then they go back and they adjust the figure of the maiden special weight race that he ends up winning. His his victory was was good and he's moving in the right direction, right? He's lightly wasted race and he's stepping forward. He sat close at the rail, he was tucked in, he was three off, he waited patiently for room and he moved in between horses and then he went down to the inside. But the one, two, three and the four gray magician, it's so tough now when you draw the inside in the derby. I think all of them are, are going to be in some real, real trouble with their running style because you want to have the style to where you're either just going to drop way out of it or you're really, really fast. And all of them have a little bit of kind of positional speed to where they want to sit a few lengths off. And that's the worst type of running style to have when you're drawn down on the inside in a big field like this with 20 horses in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Gray Magician just comes in from uh, the runner-up effort in the UAE Derby when he was behind Pluku Parfait. He finished behind a horse named Always Mining at Laurel back on February the 16th. Always Mining has won six in a row, and we'll likely see that one in the Preakness next. So it was okay there. But you look at Gray Magician, before he went over and ran in the UAE Derby, I liked him after his maiden win. And he, I, I liked him even prior to that. He had some trouble in his first few starts, and he was not far behind improbable. But the sham race and then the uh, the race on January the 31st after that and the slop were a little bit disappointing for me. And I just, I don't know if he's quite in the same tier with uh, the best in here. It's improbable for Baffert. Never worse than second. He now takes the blinkers off in his Arkansas Derby race. He was drawn in the one hole. And he was bumping around. He was a little restless in the gate. He was not quite prepared for when the race began. He ended up sixth on the inside. He was about four lengths off. He angled off the rail or made an early three, four wide move up to challenge Omaha Beach and couldn't get by Omaha Beach. But now there's no Omaha Beach. And Improbable will be making his third start of the year. He looks like he's set to take another small step forward and maybe peak at the perfect time. It's it's pretty tough to leave him out. Vacoma is the sixth. He is a horse who has a really weird paddling action. If you didn't see his win in the bluegrass or if you haven't seen any of his previous races, it's, it's obviously much more pronounced when he's he has a length or two lead at the top of the lane and he's out there by himself because you can really see him swimming. It's ugly action. It doesn't look good, but this horse is is very honest and he tries really hard and 20 to 1 is way too high for him. So if he's 20 to 1, uh, he's in he's in the mix for me. Uh, I think he should be more like between 12 to 15. He sat second in the two path. He was just outside and he was always traveling very well. He always looked like a winner in the bluegrass. Now, I don't think he faced a very strong group in the bluegrass. Uh, I think, in fact, it was a, very, a pretty weak group. But he did what he was supposed to do. He's won three of four races, and he's another horse who's making his third start of the year and might be peaking at the right time. Seven is maximum security. He is undefeated four for four. He debuted against maiden 16 claimers and was not even favored. He won that race by nine plus. Second out, won by six and a half. And then third out, one by 18 and a quarter. Then he steps up in the Florida Derby. He is four to one. He breaks well. When Hidden Scroll doesn't go to the lead, he takes over. He goes 48 and four to the half mile. 
And maximum security is has talent. There's no doubt about that, right? You win a grade one, you're in the derby, you have some talent. But I think most horses in this field would have won the Florida Derby with a similar trip that he had. You let a good horse go 48-4 and four up front, they're going to win most of the time. Especially over a speed-favoring racetrack like Gulfstream Park. So I, I don't know how good he is. And I, I don't think he's going to get away with the type of trip he would need to win this race. If he's three lengths behind or four lengths behind and he wins, he's going to do it without my money. And I will applaud that he is a, a horse we'll talk about for a long time as a, a maiden claimer who comes out of nowhere and is an undefeated derby winner. You know, initially I didn't like Tacitus. And the more and more I watch Tacitus, I really, really do like him. He's won three in a row. He's going for four in a row. He's the only horse now in this field with Omaha Beach out that has won two prep races this year. Two of the Derby prep races this year. He won the Tampa Bay Derby when he came from off the pace and he was able to duck down to the inside and sneak up the rail. And then he won the Wood Memorial. And at the Wood Memorial, he was bumped at the start. Then he got bumped into at the turn and he lost ground. He And you watch the head-on, he got hit hard multiple times. It was actually impressive that Jose Ortiz was able to stay on. And he rallied from eight off, widest of all, and he was able to wear down Tax after the trouble early on. The more and more I, I see Tacitus, he's stepping forward, he's improving at the right time, and I like him in here. Um, I actually have him in the top spot now based on price it's it's going to be tacitus and game winner for me as the top two um i'm a little worried now though without omaha beach that game winner will get bet down a little bit more and if tacitus is around that 10 to 1 i think he will be very fair value if he gets a little too if he gets bet down a little more i I don't want him to be like under eight you know eight or so seems about right the nine pluku parfait yeah, I heard the pronunciation a few times. It's not plus K parfait. I believe it's pluku parfait. He was saving ground. He had to search for room a couple times in the UAE Derby. It was a good effort in his win. And he has run at Churchill Downs, which you'd think is a positive. He was second in the Kentucky Jockey Club. As a big bomb underneath, I wouldn't talk you off him because he can pick up pieces late and he's run well at Churchill. Maybe in the fourth or the fifth spots if you want to use him for the bottom of your supers, but I, I most likely will not. The 10 is cutting humor. I'm not really into the Pletcher horses this year. I actually like another twist of fate better than cutting humor. Another twist of fate was second in the Sunland Derby when cutting humor won. He he got a really nice trip and he was able to capitalize, but I, I don't... Uh, I don't really like him uh, much in here. And in, in high call, I'm not really high on either. I think he's more of a seven for a long miler who's going to come late, um, will come flying late. I think he will just continue to flatten out if, uh, as the distances are farther than a mile. So he, he's run well, though. Again, that's, what's, uh, that's what Gamma's all about, right? We're knocking horses and we're knocking uh, athletes or we're trying to knock... Uh, whatever we're betting against, so we so we can make our case. And all of these horses are so good; they're so good just to have gotten to this spot already. A high call, not for me though. Omaha Beach is out of the whole field. The horse that I I had the most trouble with was Code of Honor. I just don't know what to do with Code of Honor. 
Uh, his Fountain of Youth was very good. His Florida Derby was, you know, third. He was it was okay. It was behind maximum security. No one else was going to win that race with how slow they went early on. He didn't have to do more in there. And I, I haven't heard much about him. He's one of the horses who might really be forgotten about when it's all said and done. So if he floats up a little bit and he's like 20 to 1, definitely use. If he comes down a little bit and he's under 10, that might be too short for me. If he stays right around the 15, he'll sneak into some of my exotics. Win-win-win has been a fine late runner to pick up pieces. Again, in his last couple starts, he wasn't really close or threatening to Tacitus or Vacoma. I-, I can only make a case for using him in the third and the fourth spots, you know, the bottom of some of your exotics. Uh, Master Fencer who comes in from Japan. I'm just gonna I'm gonna need to see it from from a horse like this before. Um I just I don't think he's competed with anything close to what he will be uh will facing on the dirt here today. Game winner. I think he's probably the most likely winner of the race. And I'll lean slightly to Tacitus just just based on price because Tacitus might be double the price of game winner. But he was your two year old champ. He was undefeated at two. He was perfect. And then he, he comes into the Rebel in his first start at three. He's at Oaklawn. Not the best start. Mid-pack, he's three deep. He's in the clear. He's five lengths off. He moves up, and he just misses behind Omaha Beach. And he, what I like about Game Winner is that when you think he's done, he seems like he has another gear. He keeps, he keeps coming at you. And, and then on April the 8th, it was four wide into the turn. He lost a ton of ground in a small field. It was four deep almost all the way. He makes an early move. He's three wide at the top of the lane. And he beats a nice, fit Instagram who ends up running third. Game runner, game winner is second. And Roadster gets a great trip from off the pace, angles out and around, and he wins. So game winner wasn't crushed. He's been defeated by a nose and a half length, and I've heard a lot of people kind of knocking him, saying, well, he's, he hasn't won. He hasn't really stepped forward. He hasn't taken a step backwards. I think he's as battle-tested and he has a, as good of a foundation coming into the Kentucky Derby as any horse I can remember in a while. I I don't... I'd be surprised if he doesn't hit the board. And let me, let me rephrase that a little bit. If he gets in trouble, obviously that could happen. But I would be surprised to see game winner just not run well and not hit the board. I think if he has a smooth journey, he is going to be right there. And if everyone was the same price, which obviously they aren't, he would be the horse that I picked. But this is a paramutual game. So you have to say, even if he's more likely to win, if a horse is double his price... And also is a, a horse who I think is likely to win. You have to go to the bigger price. Roadster got a great trip. He saved all the ground and he is progressing nicely. It's really hard to knock him. It really is. I mean, would you be surprised if Baffert had hit the trifecta in this race? He might have the top three betting choices now after the scratch of Omaha Beach. It wouldn't be any surprise. Improbable game winner and roadster. I mean, that's a that's a strong hand to have. 
for Baffert. Especially now when he looks over and sees the horse Omaha Beach, who defeated Game Winner and defeated Improbable, is no longer lining up in the starting gate. Long range toddy Z18. Didn't like the slop at in the Arkansas Derby at Oaklawn. He was three deep. He was in the second flight and just faded. But his Rebel win was very good. He beat Improbable. He got a great trip. He was handled very well by Johnny Court that day. And he's the type of horse who if he if he gets a nice trip, I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the bottom. But I just don't know if he's good enough to win the race. I, I couldn't make much more of a case for him than, than third or fourth. Spinoff, as I mentioned, I just... I'm not huge or really high on the Pletcher horses this year. And then Country House. This is my big long shot. Who, if you're asking me for the the big price in the race, who I I think has a shot, it's it's Country House. If you go back to his Risen Star, he was a good second behind War of Will. Then in Louisiana Derby, he was three from the back. He was three deep. He was in the clear. And he was about seven lengths off. And he made a big, early, wide move. He lost a ton of ground. But he has that big, wide move. If it's timed perfectly, he has the ability to win. So that's the key for him. It just needs to be... It, it needs to be a a trip where Pratt asks him at the right moment. Because he will pick up the pieces. He will close. He's my my favorite of the price horses. Like of all the the horses that are double digit odds, and I like Country House, who's thirty to one in the morning line with Pratt aboard. So when you look at the way that I have the the race, I basically have it: Mott, Baffert, Mott, Baffert, <laughs> with uh, the eight Tacitus on top for Mott, over the sixteen game winner for Baffert, over the twenty. Country House, who I have in the third spot for Mott. Over the five, Improbable, who I have in the fourth spot for Baffert. Uh, then I have the six, Vacoma, with the 17, Roadster, rounding out with the 13, Code of Honor. So that's the way that I approach. Those are the horses who I think can win the race. Now, if you're talking about you know all the different tri-super, super high fives, when you're talking about horses finishing third, fourth, and fifth, that's a different kind of handicapping. And I, I try to mention at least who I like in those spots so you would know, okay, those are maybe just bottom of the exotic type horses. So, okay, let's try to finish this up quickly for you. Pick five. There are uh, a couple pick fives at Churchill on Saturday. In the first race, you can play a pick five right off the bat. And... I'm going to single a three. That is curate. So I think on one ticket, you could single the three, curate. Other ticket, I'm going to go three, four, six with Mr. Crow and Loose on the town. So let's go through that first pick five ticket, though. I've got my papers all strewn about over here. Okay, first pick five. We're going three, four, Six with four, five, six with one, three, four with two, five with five, twelve. Very affordable. Pick five. You want to go a little bigger? I think you single the three, curate in the first. Then you go 
three, four, five, six in the second. Conquest Tsunami, King Zachary, Thirst for Life, American Anthem. I like Thirst for Life in there. In the third race, I'm going to go one, two, three, four. So all the inside horses, awesome tracker, saddlebar, Saruge, he's stylish. Two, five, nine, ten. Hidden Scroll, Baracho, Fortin Hill, and Mischievous Bird. And then to close things out in the fifth, many. Three, four, five, ten, eleven, twelve. Breeze Lucky Charm, Senora Gatto, Hungry Kitten, Zerlin, Michelle's Fault, and Gold Standard. So that's the early pick five there. Races one through five on Saturday. In the fifth race, another pick four will start. But uh, let me give you a couple others. Um, in that second race, remember, Thirst for Light, the five. Anything over six to one, you want to bet on Thirst for Life. And then in the fourth race, optional 75s. Let's play a little trifecta there. The two and five, Hidden Scroll and Baracho, those are the two we like. So let's play two, five with two, five, nine, ten. Hidden Scroll and Baracho over the two, five, nine, ten. Hidden Scroll, Baracho, Fortin Hill, and Mischievous Bird. When we get to the fifth race, play a little pick four. I, I rarely play pick fours anymore. Just the takeout. They, they, they just, they end up, it gets you over and over and over. But uh, I'll, I'll give you a couple pick four approaches in the fifth race at Churchill. It starts in that maiden special weight race. So the first pick four ticket, we'll just use the five hungry kitten and the 12 gold standard. So it'll be five, 12. This will be a, a smaller affordable ticket if you uh, are just playing on a, uh, on a tight bankroll. Five, 12 with the two, seven in the six. So that's Spice Perfection and Marley's Freedom. With the six, nine in the Distaff Turf Mile, that's Precious and environs and then in the eighth race the two six twelve limousine liberal promises fulfilled and the 12 whitmore the other pick four approach we'll play uh with a single of spice perfection so this starts in the fifth race and you'll go three four five ten eleven twelve you're gonna single in the sixth race with spice perfection the two you could go 2-7, Spice Perfection, or Marley's Freedom, but if you like two horses, they're both going to be you know, two of the of the betting choices in there. It's always better to single the one. You don't have to double up. In particular, you don't have to double up with a favorite. So a uh, single Spice Perfection there. 3, 5, 6, 8, 9 in the seventh race, the Distaff Turf Mile. And in the eighth race, 2, 6, 12. Limousine Liberal, Promises Fulfilled, and Whitmore. Close things out. Pick five that starts in race eight. So it starts where we just closed it. That's the grade one Churchill Downs. So I'll give you one more pick five uh, setup here. First, of the, I, I generally play, you'll see, I always play multiple tickets. Almost always. I like to have just at least a slightly different approach on a couple different tickets. I'll usually play, and I'll never play them so I can't hit them both. I want them to have the opportunity if everything that I like hits, then I hit them all. Eighth race, pick five, Churchill Downs, two, six, 12, Limousine Liberal, Promises Fulfilled, and Whitmore with the one, two, a thread of blue, social paranoia. We're going to move to the 10th, where we have 210, Market King, and Instagram. 
the 11th, 6, 12, Clyde's Image, and the 12, Bricks and Mortar, and then in the Derby, 5, 6, 8, 13, 16, 17, 20, the horses we mentioned, it's actually not that expensive of a ticket, what, 3 by 2 is 6, times 2 is 12, times 2 is 24, yeah, so we're 90 bucks, there, and uh, the other pick 5 approach, Churchill Downs, race number 8, we'll start with Limousine Liberal and Whitmore, you can go a little deeper in the ninth. Use a thread of blue, social paranoia. Use the five seismic wave, the six forever mo, and use the eight Avies flatter. You can move on to the tenth, two seven ten in there with Market King, Instagram, and Mister Money. So we'll get to include Mister Money on this pick five in the eleventh race. We'll spread out a little bit more in this one also. Six, eight. 12, 13. So Clyde's image, breaking the rules, bricks and mortar, next shares. And then to close things out, we'll use the four that will be our top four in the Derby. 5, 8, 16, 20. So the two Bafferts and the uh, the two Mott horses there. Whew. That was, a, that was a lot, folks. And thank you because if you listen to the Derby and the Oaks preview over the last couple days... That was a lot of Gino. That was a lot. This this one right now, we're up at what? About an hour and 50 minutes. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully we were able to, uh, to steer you in the right direction. A few spots. Remember, take into account all of the weather when you're doing your handicapping. And if you can, do me a big favor. Get on over to iTunes, subscribe. And then every time we have a show, they will be delivered to you immediately. Thank you so much, folks. Joey Cleveland, take it away. I need a beer and I need some sleep.